to the Sacramento Real Estate Podcast with information you can use to make better choices. And now, here's home rocket real estate broker, David Jarowitz. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the May Podcast. This time, we're going to uh, talk about how to compete with bank-held repos if you have to sell a house. And this is a very important topic because right now, bank-held repos account for about 60 to 65% of all the sales in the marketplace. There's right now 8,300 homes for sale, but 2,100 of those are bank-held repossessions. That's about one out of every four homes is a bank-held repo. But where the numbers really make some interesting noise is in the homes that went into escrow. Now, there were a total of 2,300 homes that went into escrow in Sacramento County in the month of April. That is a significant number of homes. By the way, haven't you been hearing the media still doom and gloom? Well, the truth of the matter is there's people out there buying houses that are very brisk pace right now in the Sacramento area. Maybe by July you might hear the media talking about how things have improved here, but in my opinion, they're doing very well. Well, out of those 2,300 that went into escrow in April, 1,500 of them, or roughly 65%, were bank-held repossessions. Of the 1,300 homes that closed escrow in April, 847, or just over 60%, were bank-held repos. Now, here's the issue. You want to sell your house, and you're competing against these bank-held repos. How are you going to do it, especially when you consider that the banks hold these properties free and clear? They could sell for any price that they want, whereas we non-bank sellers owe mortgages, and we have to pay them off. How do we compete at that level? Well, the first thing we have to consider is, is it the right time to be selling? And it just depends on your circumstances. Some people really have to sell because of the, the way things are going in their lives. But other people uh, don't have to sell. But doing so might be in their best interest if on the buying side, there's a tremendous opportunity. So let's suppose, worst case scenario, you've got to dig in your own pocket $20,000 in order to uh, make up the difference to close escrow on your existing home. Is it worth the $20,000 investment? Well, it might be if on the buying side, you can see yourself making $100,000, $150,000 in equity over the next few years. Then the 20000 investment seems like nothing. So that's what you have to weigh. And I, I believe property in California is going to appreciate again like it did in the early 2000s. It's just it's going to take a little longer this time, but there's still demand for real estate. And I can tell you just simply by what's going on. You know, I've been writing offers for clients these past few weeks, and i got to tell you, we've been competing with other people for the same house. As many as 10 other people will be competing for the same house. Now, I didn't even see it that intense when the market was good in 2004. So there is something going on here. Uh, I think people are finally tired of waiting. They believe we're at the bottom of the market. They're tired of sitting on the fence, and they're doing something about it. And so obviously we encourage people who want to buy and have been holding off to take that action. But on the other side, we've got these poor Uh, sellers, the non-bank sellers, who've got to sell their house and then compete against these banks. Well, today I'm going to give you the strategies that we use to compete against banks, and hopefully that'll assist you in making your decision. The first thing we have to understand about our marketplace is we're not a negotiable marketplace like many years past. In the years past, negotiation was a perfectly normal way of life. A buyer would offer low, the seller would counter, the buyer would counter again, the seller would counter again, and we'd reach some kind of an agreement. Well, today, if the buyer doesn't 
offer a very good price right out of the chutes. Many times the seller just says, forget it. I'll just wait for another offer, which to me is amazing. Uh, my advice to sellers is if you get a low offer, you counter offer at whatever you believe is a fair price. Even if it's full price, counter offer because you have no idea what's going on to the other side. Let the deal fall apart because of the other person, not because of you. Uh, that cocky, well, I'm, that's too low, um, or, or emotionally hurt position where you say, oh, I'm, they obviously don't like my house, has nothing to do with it. This is business, right? So counter offer whenever you can if it's not if the initial offer is not right. Now, the second thing is that houses that are held by banks, most of them are really, really ugly. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen them. But, I mean, I, I was at this one house where a guy... The, the previous seller took a baseball bat to his entire house. Man, he must have been angry. He poked a hole in one wall that was so hard that you could see daylight coming out of it. He smashed his chandelier into a million pieces. And the bank, instead of uh, coming in with a cleaning team and cleaning all that stuff up, they left it just the way it was. Trash everywhere. Now, that's a bank repo that I've seen. Now, other bank repos aren't quite so severe, but their carpets are horrible. It needs paint. To, uh, the... Uh, Roof tiles are shot and need to be replaced. That's that's a bank held repo. Now, a non-bank person has the huge advantage that they could set up their house so it looks a whole lot better than the bank held repo. And I'll tell you what, after seeing those ugly houses all day long and you come into a house that's nicely arranged, well-painted, furniture in the right place, wow, what a breath of fresh air. It feels so much more valuable in your heart that you're willing to pay more for it because of the l lack of trouble. And this is what I hear all the time from, from my buyer saying, my gosh, look at all this work. All our weekends we're going to have to spend trying to get this place into decent shape. They would much rather spend their weekends doing something fun, <laughs> right? So if the house that you're offering looks good, uh, that is a huge advantage. Now, since this is a price-sensitive market and not a negotiating market like the uh, years past, that means our asking price has to be very, very close to what the market is. So pretty much whatever a bank repo is going for and then add to that uh, what it would cost to bring it up to a normal state, and that would be the price of your home. Uh, the bank repo plus whatever it costs to bring it up to a nicer state. And that's, that's approximately the asking price that it would be. And uh, people will look at your home if it's priced, you know, very reasonably. Now, if you're asking for the moon, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. They're going to pass you by. Second thing is to offer a very good commission to the agent that represents the buyer. I think that that really helps them to choose yours over others, especially now there's... Uh, there's 8,300 homes for sale and only 2,000 that go into escrow every month. So that means that there's a little less than 6,000 or so uh, houses that just sit around and don't get sold every 30 days. So you don't want to be one of those. You want to be the one that gets some action and, and pr pricing it well, making it look good, offering a good commission to the, to the agent that represents the buyer is very important. Now, the National Association of Realtors revealed to us in a study in 2006 where buyers come from. And one of the places buyers come from is the Internet. And I think that now it's starting to catch on. People are starting to figure out that they had better be spending some money and resources on the Internet since most people, when they say, huh, I wonder what's for sale, will get on a, a real estate site like Realtor.com or one of these other ones and start looking for homes. So I highly recommend that if you're part of a good marketing campaign would be to make sure you're on Realtor.com, number one site in America, uh, Homes.com. Homes.com is a very interesting site. It's, it's like the second site, 
second biggest site in America. It has this incredible advantage. When you type, I don't care what community in any search engine, they're one of the top five all the time. It's an amazing site. But there's a membership fee for realtors to get into homes.com to advertise their properties, and many realtors aren't willing to pay that fee. So consider getting into homes.com. I think that's very important. Regionally, sacb.com, one of the best sites in Sacramento area. That just attracts an amazing amount of, of views. So being in there is important. Yahoo.com is very good. Uh, there's other sites, Trulia, Zillow. There's a site that very few people know about. It's called the National MLS, National National Listing Service, NLS, not MLS, NLS, National Listing Service. Amazing site, drawing a lot of people. And you have that exposure across this broad range. No matter which site the buyer chooses to do their search, your home shows up, then I think the odds are very high. Also, very important is to, is to create a pricing strategy that works on the Internet. There is an amazing pricing strategy that if you follow it, you'll get more eyeballs than the conventional pricing strategy that you hear. And the, part of that strategy is to use round numbers. The 149950 used to sound really good, and we used that back in the 60s to imitate retailers who would charge, you know, like, if, for example, a gallon of gas. Uh, if you notice, it's the price plus nine-tenths. That was a retail strategy. They thought, well, it sounds better that way. It sounds lower. It doesn't work anymore on the Internet. Uh, so try shoot for round numbers. Uh, that's my suggestion. Also, when you're on the Internet, have, a, have pictures of your property. Uh, not too many. You know, some of these sites can carry as many as 12. Uh, one site, 30 listings it can hold, uh, p- pictures of listings, 30 pictures per listing. That's too much. I think you give too much information. I think you need to have a handful of pictures that show the highlights of the property, but still leave the person wanting more so that they call your agent and inquire. That's the whole key of the internet. You want them to call and inquire, which increases your odds of getting your home shown to somebody. The second thing I think about this strategy is that when a person gets on your realtor's site or inquires about the property in some fashion, we need to get back to them as quickly as possible. I think that that's one of the big issues is some realtors are very overwhelmed. They don't get back to their leads, and by that time, they've gone on to some other property or called someone else. So some kind of a strategy has to be in place. Now, in my company, when somebody fills out a form on the Internet, I get immediately paged by the by the service, and, and I can immediately see who has uh, filled out a form, and I can get back to them really quick. So I don't have to be initially sitting at my computer to get back to people. So that's very important. One of the other things that really is important uh, to having home sales, convincing agents to show your house. I think that's a very overlooked thing. They, they just put homes in the multiple listing service and hope that agents will just bring their buyers by. Yet at the very same time, the one thing I have noticed in this marketplace is that, that it's very hard to show houses, uh, so, some houses. Uh, in other words, they don't they don't use the easy, don't make it easy for agents to show property, and that's a huge mistake because if the agent has any huge resistance on showing the property, they're they're going to go to someplace else. Also, a lot of hoops now that. They're insisting buyer, uh, buyers and their agents uh, jump through. Um, instead of just accepting, welcoming the offer, the offer has to have this long list of things. It has to have the right deposit. It has to be pre-qualified by the right lender and those sorts of things. And I can see how it protects the seller, but it, it, it hinders the offers that come in. If, what if an agent doesn't want to go through that trouble? 
I think you should market the property so it's very easy to show, for one thing. Don't have to go through a lot of trouble to show the property. And uh, secondly, not a lot of hindrances to getting offers. You want the offers to just pour in with great ease. So that's one thing I would I would look for. And the uh, other thing I, I think would be very important is that the real estate agent be easily reachable. You know, there are some agents I've been calling, and, and uh, they never return your call. They, and then their, their messages, their greetings on their phones scare me. They, they say things like, I don't answer questions. Just look at the multiple listing service. I'm sorry, I don't take questions about these properties. And I'm thinking, what? what? You, don't, you don't take questions. If you don't take questions, how are you going to convince the agent to write you an offer? Uh, they'll just pass you by for somebody who is a little less resistant. That, at least that's what I think. So we've talked so far about the impact of the Internet uh, pricing your home right, making it look good, uh, making it easy for agents to show. And then uh, finally, the one thing that I think might get overlooked a lot is the for sale sign. Do you know the for sale sign is the number two or three way that persons find out about your property? They are in the neighborhood and they drive by and they see a sign. That call is more valuable than any calls I get on the internet because that person has already pre-qualified the neighborhood and already likes the house. I mean, we're like 80% there. If they call me on a sign, they are really, really interested. Whereas if they call on an ad they see somewhere or on the internet, that's a lot weaker of a call. So we have to set up our signs in such a manner that the person, instead of just driving by and, and not even thinking about the house, suddenly stops and looks at the house and considers it. If they can do that, the odds are very high that they will call and they're a very good prospect. So the question is, how do you get a person, instead of just driving by, to actually stop and look at the house? Well, here's some things to think about. Number one, most for sale signs, to me, look the same. It's the same old stuff. Well, to a person's jaded brain who gets advertising messages hit at them all the time, uh, that doesn't work. They'll just drive by it. So one thing is work with a company that has a very unique, good-looking sign. So that's one thing, and bright and colorful, something out of the ordinary catches a person's eye. Uh, secondly, on that sign, instead of a number that goes directly to the office, wouldn't it be better if it had a toll-free number that had a recorded message? That way they, knew, they know they can get information on that property 24 hours a day. And on that message would be the price of the home and answer all the questions that they have. Well, meanwhile, while they're listening to this message, uh, the agent's telephone, cell phone is being paged by that computer saying, hey, there's somebody calling on that house. And not only that, but it has the telephone number of the person doing the calling. That way, when the agent gets the page, all he has to do is turn around, call him right back and say, hey, I noticed that you called on our property on 123 ABC Street or whatever. Uh, that is a fantastic. And, and what, if, what if we took it to another level? Let's suppose that uh, they were uh, text savvy. Couldn't we set things up so that they can get a text message with all the information of their home uh, sent right to their cell phone so that they'll have it all the time along with uh, a telephone number to contact a person? That's a very high-tech way, and I encourage a text messaging on the sign. But one further step we can take is something called talking house i think that is this is one of the most marvelous things i've ever seen it's an am transmitter you put at the property and it transmits information to the person now it only goes like 300 feet so guess what the person has to stop to listen to this message there's a sign that says tune your radio to 1650 am for example they have to stop turn the radio to 1650 am then they'll hear a pitch about the property well in hearing this pitch they are stopping and considering that property and this really assists your property to stand out from all the other ones in the in the neighborhood 
And one recent thing I've been doing with good success has been putting a, a lighting system on the sign so that after the sun sets, the sign lights up and continues to work into the night. You know, a lot of people come back to their homes in the dark and never see your sign because it's dark or hardly pay attention to it. But imagine if your sign was lit up and then they could listen to the message on the AM radio and then they call the 800 number and get a text message to their cell phone or uh, um, listen to the recorded data and get the agent to call them back. I mean, think about what that does to increase the odds of getting somebody to look at your home. Now, the the bank-held repos that I've been observing, the agents that have them are so busy, it's a wonder that they can even get a sign in the yard. So they could care less about that because they're so busy. Whereas you, a non-bank seller working with an agent, maybe that doesn't do bank repos for a living, uh, would have a lot more time and energy to market the home a little more intensively, even in this uh, growing real estate market that we're in. So we've, we've talked about a lot of things, haven't we, uh, today? We've talked about uh, strategies in which we can fi- find buyers, pricing the property right, making it look good, using the Internet, using pictures, having fast response to inquiries, making it easy for agents to show and write offers on your house, and then using a sign that causes people to stop and consider your properties. If you do those things, I think you will be a very good competitor to bank held repos. All they seem to have is the one tool of price. What you have is value. You're offering value, and that's what will get you more attention and hopefully a sale in this buyer's real estate market. Well, I want to say thank you very much for listening to this month's podcast. My name is David Jurowitz. Our company stands at the ready to assist you, whether you're a buyer or a seller. Our number is 682-6454. We'd really appreciate a call. Uh, our no-obligation consultations are available to you, and we can talk about your needs and see what the best strategy would be for you. So until next month, I'm real estate broker David Jurowitz, hoping all your real estate transactions are profitable ones. Thanks for listening to the Sacramento Real Estate Podcast with David Jarowitz of Home Rocket Real Estate. You can reach him at area code 916-682-6454. Our best wishes to you. Goodbye for now.